Mike Harrington. What's up, my old, my old pal? What's what's going on, man? Not too much, dude. So you, you're a busy boy, man. It's it's a it's tough to it's tough to touch base with you, dude. It's just, it's just one thing to the next to the next. It's it's you know I mean Gas Digital is growing like crazy. I'm you know employee number four or five over here. So you know it's just the the as as we grow, my role here grows, and yeah, it's led to less and less free time for me. Well, I mean, it it probably leads to more like in the in the uh, fulfilled creatively uh, checkbox. Like you're feeling a little more accomplished, a little more satisfied in your role that you kind of are settling into. Right. I mean, I think that's the that's the biggest thing is like I I can actually be discerning about projects that I take on now. Like I remember having this conversation with Ryan Long like maybe a year ago where he's like, I'm not I'm at this weird point in my life where I'm not hurting for money anymore. So I'm not just taking gigs for the paycheck like I'm doing stuff that I want to do. And I was like, man, I couldn't imagine what that's like. And it's like now I'm at a point where, you know, I'm able to turn stuff down because it's like, oh, I don't not even necessarily like, oh, that's not like interesting to me. It's more a thing where it's like, I don't know if like my level of excitement for that project is going to help elevate that project. And if right. there's, so you also that- don't want it to be a reflection on you of like a phoned in performance or like lackluster effort. Well, yeah. I mean, I think the, the, it's honestly, I could care less, you know what I mean? If I'm, <laughs> if I'm, if I'm getting a paycheck, but it's like, I, there is a side of me where it's like, look, if I, um, yeah, if I'm not going to be a good fit there, like I'm grown enough to be able to point out like, yeah, that's not, that's not a good look for me. You know, whereas like maybe a year ago, it'd be like, look, I will do anything for 50 bucks. Like I have, I'm somebody who has, you know, uh, uh, sold his cum before, you know, like, and not <laughs> at a sperm bank. <laughs> How much did you sell it for? And who bought it? And uh, that just opens up the, the alley to me needing to answer, have a bunch of other questions answered. So it's actually my Patreon is still active for some reason, but uh, that's <laughs> one of the that's one of the tiers. Uh, it's for you know the hundred bucks you get everything in all the lower tiers. Plus, I will send you a jar of my cum uh, <laughs> every month that you are signed up for it. So, how big I, of a jar? And and do you fill it to the brim? God no, no one like no one has that kind of time. I, mean, I these are like uh these were like you know the glass jars that you you know will buy like an eighth of weed in. Uh, so they're or <laughs> I think it's actually a quarter of weed. So it's actually like a sizable jar. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I just I don't know I fired off like two or three loads into that thing and just okay. uh, kept it around long enough. I was like, oh, this is I got to ship this out. And it's desperation like is a hell of a drug. Uh, I, it's not even so much desperation as it. Well, yeah, I mean, actually, when I set up, I mean, I'm not saying your desperation as much as whoever wants a jar of that. Somebody's like, oh, I got to check the tracking number on my Harrington jizz that's coming. So it is like, it's, it's, it's interesting. Like, uh, uh, he, he, he didn't like, he didn't necessarily sign up for it. So what he did was this kid just Venmoed me a hundred bucks and he's like, I'm not signing up for the Patreon, but like, it's funny. Here's a hundred bucks. I'm like, you are entitled to my cum now if you want it. And he's like, look, I'm not going to say no. You know what I mean? Like, so it was one of those, like we were both kind of daring each other. It's just, it's just a thing where it's like, you're doing it so that you can say that you did it and you can like, on both ends, the guy can be like, "Yeah, once I was supporting an, I was supporting a, a starving artist so bad, I bought a vial of his cum off of him." 
Well, yeah, but it's like then it turned into a thing where it's like, all right, I have this jar of Harrington cum. What am I gonna do with this? So like he's he's out of uh, I think it was California, but he's he was gonna head to uh, Skankfest in Houston, and his like whole thing was like, all right, well, I'm gonna spend all weekend trying to find a way to get this into one of Lewis's drinks. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like I and like we were we were having fun with that, and then on High Society Radio they pointed out like, dude, some serial killer could just pay you a hundred bucks, you know, get a fucking <laughs> vial of your cum and just leave it on all of his murders, and it's like, well, there you go, like there you're now suspect number one in a fucking killing spree. Then like your I alibi is your Patreon page, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> then I was thinking, like, man, what if I was a fucking like hardened serial killer? You know what I mean? And just like went around the country killing people and jerking off on them and then was like look i have this patreon where anybody can get my cum you know we, we have the story be like they were alive when i when i when i finished when i completed they were alive i didn't <laughs> kill them then finish on them they they finished themselves off right after i finished on them because of the shame <laughs> uh that's fun uh the <laughs> the thing i was thinking about was like witches like putting it into a cauldron and like staring it around with like eye of newt and bubble bubble boiling trouble. Hell yeah, dude. What what fucking you know the the yeah. cum of a homeless man. <laughs> you know? Uh, there's definitely some kind of magical properties in there. You know, it's like some of these guys I look at them like the fucking uh because I go out to, to Lewis's now, uh they do Gomez watches Seinfeld once a week. Uh mm -hmm. and it's one of those things where I I am in Penn Station way more than any human being should be. And you see the just kind of like derelict homeless people that are walking around there, and it's like, man, how are how are you alive? You know what right. I mean? Like how yeah, yeah. how are you making it? So there has to be some kind of magical property somewhere on their body where it's like you should have died in the 80s but you're you're here now so right what? you must have had some other hobos jizz on you and and that has the magical properties something you know like there 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 needs to be some kind of like you know like the 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 guys who can survive with with nothing in the most horrid conditions like you know we need to to just be sampling their their blood to figure out you know mm -hmm. what what immunity yeah there has to be something in there yeah, like, is any of the half a million COVID reports of the deaths, did any of them, uh, were any of them homeless people? I don't know. I, I, I figured that, that COVID would, I figured that was going to be the bright spot of COVID, right? That it would just, you know, there's a large homeless population in New York. These people have nowhere else to go. They can't quarantine. So it should just rip through their communities and, and uh, you know, decimate their numbers. And I'm not seeing that, you know, drat. No, they're, they're, they're just, yeah, they're just, they're, they're survivors. Yeah. They survived so many other things happening to them. that absolutely can survive a global pandemic. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, it's, it's, there definitely is like, there's definitely a cockroach like quality about, right. I was going to say, didn't cockroaches survive like the dinosaurs getting wiped out? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. They can survive nuclear explosions, so they'll be fine. So <laughs> I had a I had a, a run in with a homeless person at Penn Station once um, where I, I think you can relate to this. You know, like when you when you like swipe a card or you insert the chip and like you're crossing your fingers like, oh, I hope this gets approved. I hope this gets approved. I hope this gets approved. Yeah. Last week. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. That's a that's a lifestyle us strugglers understand. 
uh, <laughs> I was at, I was at Penn Station. I was going to the Dunkin' Donuts and I was like, all right, I'm just going to get a drink and that's it. I ordered my drink and this homeless lady came up and she was like, she's like, you got a dollar? And I was like, no, I, I don't, I don't have, I don't, have I don't money. know. Maybe. <laughs> right. That's, <laughs> a good, that's, a good, that's a good line right there. Yeah. <laughs> but I was like, she was like, I was like, I don't have, I don't have any money. And she was like, can you buy me a donut? And I was like, sure. And then she went, reached, and she yelled over the counter, two donuts. And I was like, I hope this shit gets declined. I hope this shit gets declined. Yeah. Cause like, yo, I, I said I would buy you a donut. I, I don't have that. I don't have the budget. Yeah. I don't, I don't have two donut money. It's crazy. <laughs> I, you, I thought you could be a beggar or a chooser, not both. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. Uh, yeah. At what, at what point do you look up and be like, ah, I said one donut. Right. I, and I, that's, that's the, the, pr I'm not going to say that I'm, I'm, uh, Giddy, giddy over the idea of a uh, of a pandemic uh, wiping out the homeless community. However, <laughs> I'm going to say most of my interactions with homeless people, whether it's here or in New York or in LA, it's the like the entitlement. I don't know how oh, yeah. you're an entitled homeless like that. Like I. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I'm trying I to think. I was I was at uh, I was at the deli not too long ago, just like getting you know whatever sandwiches pretty late. And this woman comes in, she just barrels into the door, no mask, right, and just screams at me from the like like the deli guy is like kicking her out as she's walking in, and she's like, "Hey, let me hold ten dollars." And I'm like, "Start with a dollar, lady. Like, what are you doing?" She's like, "All right, fine. Let me get a dollar." I'm like, "No." <laughs> <laughs> You started too high. Like you blew it already. I just I, I do want to know how that fucking Dunkin' Donuts thing went down though. Like at what did you at that point look at the at the Dunkin' Donuts thing and be like, no, no donuts? I was just I was like, whatever. Because it's easier to just go whatever. Because like I'm I'm I, I disagree. I think they're equally easy to say, no, I said a donut. Excuse me, miss, no donuts. Okay. Yeah. You know what I, I mean? mean? And like tell the well, Dunkin' Donuts lady to put the donuts back. I have to. I have to admit to you, and I, I've probably said it a billion times on the podcast before. I'm a passive. I'm very aggressively passive. Ooh, and okay. Then, and I will do backflips as to not be a jerk. Hmm. That doesn't really make sense. Why would you do that? Right. You'd think. You'd think I'm a. I'm a. I'm a real confident pro wrestler who does comedy. You'd think I'd. You'd think that I'd not have that passive thing, but I, I, I think my grandmother used to say that you get more flies with honey than with vinegar or something like that. Now, I don't know who was ever trying to get flies with vinegar anyway. Yeah, who the fuck wants that? flies? Who, who wants flies? Who wants them? Right. No. Well, homeless people want flies, I guess. I mean, well, at least there's immunity to it i mean there's flies always around you know like they say flies on shit they never say they never say sugar shit shit with well, sugar on it or honey man i don't i'm, I'm just mashing all these all these giving me all granny's old proverbs now <laughs> um no i don't i don't yeah i don't understand that that uh i don't i've never understood that 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 phrase because yeah like they they do say it all the time you catch more flies with honey than you do with vinegar but it's like why why do i want to catch them right like if anything i'm only putting that out there 
uh, so that while they're eating the honey, I can kill them. Right. So it's like, are you telling me to, you know, attract people into my life so that I can fucking, you know, Manson them or, or, or pull some Ted Bundy shit? Like, what are you talking about, grandma? Like, just, just set up one of those bug lamps. My grandmother used to have that in her backyard where like it just the bugs fly zap right into it. Nah. Yeah, so it's like the 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 only people who use phrases like that were born before fucking electric bug zappers were a thing. So why the hell well, would yeah, I they, you they, anyway? wrote, they wrote that saying down with a feather. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I did actually have a, a, a interaction. I was waiting outside of a club in in Philly uh, for an Uber, and a, a, a guy came up to me, and he he had a, he was on a bicycle, and he didn't look homeless. And he was like, he was like, hey, my dude, I, you know, um, the pizza place right there, uh, you can get, you can get a, a slice and a soda for $7. What? And that's what he said. You can get a slice and a soda for $7 to me. How big is he, this slice? I have no idea. But he was like, can, can I, can I hold $7? <laughs> and I was like, I like looked in my pocket and I was like, I was like. Here you go. Uh, this is all I got. And it was $5. I gave him $5. He went, yeah, but I, I said $7. I said, I gave you everything I have. Give it back to me then. <laughs> like, Go to somebody else. He didn't and, give it back to you, did he? No. Dude, but, I don't. I, I couldn't imagine the $5 thing, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I was looking into my pocket. I thought I had a one in my pocket, and I was going to give him the $1 bill, but he saw the five. And once you see it, you gotta, you know, just just to to be a nice guy. Yes. How is this? How all right? How is this serving you? Like, how is that behavior serving you? I don't. I. I mean, it's such rare run-ins like that. Like run-ins like that don't really occur that often. Really, I get it every single day. So I guess I'm just hard to it. Yeah, you you you've got a shell to it. With me, it's like uh, that's not a. That's not a daily routine. That stuff never happens. Yeah, I mean, I've just gotten my 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 pitch down to like, yeah, I got nothing or I got no cash on me or, you know, like there was a time where I was legitimately, I was homeless for six months, right? And like guys would hit me up for cash. I'd be like, dude, I'm homeless too. Like, fuck off. <laughs> that's, <laughs> not, that's, the word, that's the word to say. I'm homeless too. Fuck off. Yeah. Yeah, it's like that, uh, like that fucking scene from uh, History of the World Part One, where it's like beggars begging from beggars. Like, <laughs> uh, but it's like no, like there. So like, I got hardened to that point where it's like now my whole speech is like, yeah, I got nothing, man. Yeah, I got nothing, man. Sorry, got no cash. My bad, dude. Got no cash. And they're well, just like immediately they get it, you know. I mean, I <clears throat> I work down in the city more often, so I do have, I do have the like nah. Just throw nah out there mm. or sorry, throw that out there a little more often. But when it comes to like the, I feel sometimes I feel trapped in it, you know, like when it came to that, that situation where he saw the five, I was like, oh, I'm trapped. Uh, so it's a whole just it's mm. it's panicking more than anything, because then okay. if it's it'll be like, well, I can't lie now and say that I don't have anything if I just pulled out a fiver. Hmm. Yeah, so it's like, all right, it's like it is kind of a finders keepers situation. It's like I don't want to lose, I don't want, I don't want to lose integrity with this guy's this guy who has no home and smells like socks. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, 
I don't want him to think I'm a jerk. <laughs> so uh, now the the MMA. I, I mean, I haven't watched MMA in a really long time. But why um, not, dude? I, I honestly, I thought to me, it's like I I love wrestling so much because it's the show and it's the the drama of it and it's the performance of it and. Uh, like the 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 competition isn't really like competition it's the competition more exists in out show out showmanship with like mma it's so aggro and it's uh it's to to me i i just well with i also get over the bare feet the bare feet crack like (laughs) really that's that's what does it for you that's the line yeah don't wrestlers wrestle barefoot (laughs) i don't know many i don't know a whole lot of them yeah. Uh well Matt Riddle for sure. Okay. And well, Jimmy Snuka. I'm trying to think. Yeah, wrestlers usually have boots on, don't they? Yeah. Like uh, I think Rikishi might have had bare feet. Huh. Um, at one point. No, he didn't. He maybe when he was the Sultan, he had bare feet, but I don't I'm think I- like dudes doing Michel drop kicks with boots on. It's like that's that's I don't know. That's weird. That's so weird to me that like that MMA would exist that you would see fighters get into a cage barefoot and like do combat and you would still have a sport like wrestling where guys come down in like costume. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. When it's yeah. like you're supposed to be you're supposed to be aping essentially what MMA actually is, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's all part of the performance. It's part of the, what that I guess is the uniform for it. I mean, it's mm-hmm. part of the tradition for it. That's like what the, the golden days or whatever of pro wrestling, uh, men wore boots and, and they, it's just, it's just kept keeping that tradition alive, I guess. Well, but it's like, all right. So early pro wrestling, I don't know. Did you ever read a uh, shoemaker's book? No. Okay, uh, David Shoemaker. He's a writer for The Ringer. He's a he's a really, really, really interesting guy. He's also, I think, their art director. But he he was the original. Uh, if, you, if you ever heard uh, Peter Rosenberg's podcast, Cheap Heat, uh, I've heard of it. Yeah, yeah. He was the original like host of that, and he brought uh, Rosenberg on as a as a co host. Um, you know, and that's how he got his start at ESPN. Actually, so that's a it was just a weird timing thing. How uh, mm-hmm. how rosenberg's whole fucking wrestling career started off of this goofy Mm -hmm. podcast um but yeah so shoemaker did this whole uh he did this whole book on the the advent of pro wrestling and like how it uh how it got to where it's at now um and it is um like it it started as like a legitimate form of competition and then guys Mm -hmm. realized like oh the rematch sells better than the original Mm -hmm. you know so yeah it's the carny it's the carny scene like right. that, that was the origins of wrestling was <clears throat> like they would go open invitation. Anybody in the audience come out let, like kind of like Spider-Man and Bonesaw. who was right. like, you, you get you get paid to come in and last three minutes with with Bonesaw. <laughs> and it like but it was that wait, was that but it would be a plant in the audience, right? Uh, it wound up eventually becoming that. Yeah. But, but it was, um, started yeah. just this is our strong man is going to wrestle some random guy in like you know at the Iowa fairgrounds. Yeah. Huh. It so started, I, oh, I'm pretty sure it started as open challenge and it sort of soon became soon became like really quickly into it became like it's a work. We're figuring this out. Like 
we we know that the rematch sells more than than the original open challenge. So what I was seeing was like, all right, so this champion would like wrestle this other guy, right? And they would they had like a they had like a grueling affair and it like ended up being a draw and it was like, all right, cool. And what they realized was is like, oh, if I like lose the championship to you, right? And then I win it back from you, then, you know, like they would they would kind of uh stage it so that there would they would be doing that. They would be passing the title back and forth and then the third one by the the rubber match would be for real. You know, so it's like they would, they would like, you know, they, they'd have pre, you know, predetermined outcome for the first one, predetermined outcome for the rubber match. And then by that third one, after they each had a win, like in front of their home crowd, they would get together on a neutral site and they would bring a ton of people there. And it would be like, ah, it's like, oh, this is going to really get people going. Um, but it's like, all right. So if those are your origins. If you're starting from a place of like, oh, there's actual competition involved in this. And like, you know, then, then it's weird to me that it would grow into um, into a thing where you have like an undead wizard, you know, like <laughs> Undertaker, who Undertaker. is your, yeah. you know, on the WrestleMania streak. Um, shooting lightning bolts. Dude, that, oh God. I have thought you, he was really shooting lightning bolts when I was a kid. I was like, how, how does he do it? Dude, me too. I thought Kane when Kane would like come out, like do the air flip and the fire would come up right. from the ring post. I was like, oh, that's real, right? Like when, uh, when they had the casket match and and Austin kicked him in and then was roasted marshmallows over his like burning body. I was like, oh yeah, I mean that guy, that guy just lit another man on fire. And he's it not was, in any trouble for it. He's not getting arrested or anything. No, we just watched a horrific murder, and it's we're all okay with it. <laughs> um, you know, it's like that's kind of thing. Like, if anybody was watching that live and they actually saw a man oh, burn to death, um, <laughs> that would be that would be such a traumatic event just to witness it. Much less do it and then roast marshmallows and drink beers after. Um, do you remember like, the Eminem? There was an Eminem song. He said, uh, "I'll take you on Jerry Springer and beat your ass legally." It's it seems like when it's part of a show, like. It's part of the show. Like they just kind of forgive it and let it let it be what it is as part of entertainment. Are you still a wrestling fan? Also, or are you what's up? I, I want to know, was that a thing? Like were guys actually just getting into into fist fights on Springer, or was that a work too? No, you think? No, that was totally dude. <laughs> Springer was a work the whole yeah, time. I, I've told this story on this podcast a few times, but I'll tell you this this time. Um <laughs> Me and me and my ex girlfriend were were booked to do Jerry Springer. I don't know if I'm gonna get in trouble for talking about it on the podcast, but me and my ex girlfriend were booked for Jerry Springer. We uh, we uh, they called and like there there was like through wrestling. They they were one of the other wrestlers were like, hey, we're we're gonna we're gonna have them call you, and the 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 promoter like knows it's a work, like the producer knows it's a work, just kind of like sell it to her like like it like you don't know that she knows it's a work so they're like she'll know to get it and then when the lady got on the phone she was like well why don't you tell me how you know sam and drake and she was like oh yeah we're all wrestlers and they asked me to be a part of this and she like was a real idiot and like exposed the work and the lady was like yeah um are you in a relationship with a person in real life She's like, yeah, my boyfriend right here. Put me on the phone with him and got on the phone with me. And then like her and I came up with the a story and she's like, all right, I'm going to call you right back. 
sell me on this story. So she called me right back, sold her on the story, and then they flew us to Chicago uh, for us to to do an episode of Jerry Springer. We they does, doesn't Springer record in Stanford? Yeah, and now he does. But this was this was I gotta say probably two thousand five or six. Oh but shit! It was like a long, long time ago. So maybe I can't get in trouble for talking about it because I might have signed no. paperwork. <laughs> For sure, fucking fifteen years ago, (laughs) right? So, so they had us like walk through what we were gonna do. They like put us in wardrobe. They fed us. They picked us up from the airport, actually, in a limo, and took us to the Hilton. We stayed the night at the Hilton, and then when we did the store, when we when they went over to the show, they were like, "You guys are gonna be like the main story. You're gonna be the last story of the night." And we're like, oh, cool. All right. We're cool with that. And then uh, the story that was before us, the woman was really tall. The woman was like a, like a, I don't know, she was almost seven feet tall or something. And the boy, the boy who was in her story was small. And they did a thing where like they went long trying to fight each other. So like they were like, oh, we got to cut your story for time. We don't have enough time to record. And uh, we'll just, we'll pay you, we'll fly you home, uh, and you just have to come back. And we're like, okay, cool. So we got, we got paid. We got, a, we got a, a trip to Chicago, like a flight and everything, and a limo ride <laughs> and a hotel. And we didn't we have to actually go to Jersey. <laughs> Mitch Hedberg has a great joke like that. He's like, man, uh, I've never been on Letterman, but I have been paid to eat cantaloupe. <laughs> <laughs> Because he was just like in the green room and got cut for time, so he like <laughs> never made it on. Uh, he never made it on Letterman, but he did. Like they ended up having to pay him because he showed up. Uh, dude, that's pretty sweet. So they and they just never called you back. Like, yeah, we want you to come back. No, on. They, they called back, but we just never did it. Like whatever it was, it was like we, we just were like, oh, well, why would we do it now? Like we already got paid and didn't have to do it. Why would we go do it now? Because yeah, we yeah. would they pay you again to come back out? Yeah, but then we'd have to actually do it, and I don't want. <laughs> I didn't want to actually, be on Springer. I didn't actually want to be on Jerry Springer, right? Mm. Dude, I so, want to do that like with the with the court shows. You know what I mean? Because they they'll pay the judgments on those court shows. Mm. Well, so, yeah, my my friend Nick Burke was on Judge Judy. How was that? Uh, he, he was. It was embarrassing for him. I don't. Uh, <laughs> the lady was like Judge Judy was like a real jerk to him. Mm-hmm. She was like. Mr. Burke, close your mouth. Was it a was it a real case though, or did they just yeah. make something up? No, it was a real case. Um, the the he like went on a date with some girl he met on Tinder or something, and uh, when he met her, she was like heavier than she looked in her pictures, and they had planned on going to Atlantic City for the night, and when they got there, she was like. Then she was like talking to him about, oh, you didn't go to college. You're a real loser. Look at your junk ass car. And she was and he was like, all right, I'm le- I'm leaving her here. I'm ditching her here. So he went to ditch her in Atlantic City and she ran and like kicked a bunch of dents in the side of his car. <laughs> OK, but uh, he didn't win <laughs> whatever the case was, it, whatever it was, he lost.
but yeah, but he still the regardless though, he still got paid because he went on. No, I don't know. So, like, I, I think that's how it works. And I think it's like whatever the summary judgment is, it's like it can't be more than like $5,000. And whatever it is, uh, you automatically get paid because it's essentially is just small claims court, right? And they're they're and, paying you for content also. Right. So it's like Judy isn't, she's not acting as an act. She is like an, uh, uh, a real judge, right? Like she actually has passed the bar and like has been elected judge in New York or whatever. Uh, but like in, on the set, she is like an arbiter. Right. So it's not actually legally binding any of the judgments that she makes. Uh, but like it goes down, the judgment cost comes down out of the production budget for the show. Okay. So I, th I think that's how that works. So it's like you can go on there and just make up whatever silly ass story you want. You're not, it's not like you're swearing on the Bible and like you, you're, you're now like under, you know, perjury if, if she finds out that, you know, like, you weren't actually abducted by aliens or whatever horse shit you tell her, but it's like anybody took aliens on judge Judy to try to get a, a case against them. Dude. I mean, like I could, I could think of something like, yeah, fucking Corey stood me up, you know, for, he was going to pick me up uh, and, and we were going to head down to, you know, a catalyst wrestling taping and he didn't show up. And because he didn't show up in that 20 minute window that he was late, I got abducted by aliens and probe <laughs> mercilessly. Uh, so I'm suing for, you know, uh, uh, images, yeah, forty five hundred in in emotional damages because right. I was abducted by an alien. You know what I mean? Right. I you know I should have been more prompt. I feel like that would have. I feel like that would that would fly. The 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 saucer would fly. Oh. The flying saucer. Sure, uh, sure. Uh, I I did want to mention that that girlfriend and I also got asked to do um, divorce court where we were going to make up a story about why we were getting divorced. And uh, we actually broke up before we did it. <laughs> like Before we got a chance to do it, we were going to do Divorce Court. Was Divorce Court that show where it was like, um, it was uh, like a male lawyer and a female lawyer and they would argue about breakups and then like the loser would have his picture taken or her picture taken and put in like People Magazine or some horse shit? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I think it was just, uh, it was just like, kind of like the people's court. I think it was, I thought it was just like that where it's just like, well, you say this, you say that. And then the judge hears it kind of the same as judge Judy, but a work. But that was like, uh, but that was like, uh, it was like a TV show for people who are actually getting, Oh shit. I'm looking at it now. Yeah. Uh, judge Lynn Toller. She does not play games. Um, that's pretty funny. Uh, yeah, I can't remember. I remember there was like, a, there was an MTV show, right? Where it was like, it wasn't actually divorces. There was just like breakups. And it was like, yeah, we're going to see, you know, who was, uh, who was more responsible for the breakup. And they would have like, you know, fun MTV words around saying like, when did you guys have sex? It would be like, when did you get intimate? And the audience would be like, Ooh, like the whole nonsense. But like, so divorce court, would you have to have pretended that you were married? I, I suppose, yeah. I think that I think if you if you have um what's the what's the streaming service? Like the free TV, like Tubi, I think it's maybe Tubi yeah. or or Pluto, maybe Pluto TV, where oh, like uh they have an MTV channel on there where they play old MTV reality shows, which are all super fake, like next, like the dating <laughs> show next and 
<laughs> so I can imagine whatever that show was, was just as fake. Shannon was on that. Uh, well, Shannon was on a limit date. Oh, really? Yeah. Former, former guest of the show. <laughs> she was on your show now. Yeah, she, she was. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. She was on a limit date. That sounds like, I don't know, dude. Those those always look like those old uh, WB, like 2 a.m. dating shows, like Blind Date. And uh, yeah. what was the other one? It was like Cheaters. Was, Cheaters was fun. Cheaters was fun. Uh, oh, Fifth Wheel. What about, um, what, what was the one where it was like uh, the parental control and it was like the parents had to set the, the daughter up with like three dudes? And okay. like the boyfriend would, the current boyfriend would have to sit in the couch and watch the dates on the TV with the parents. Oh yeah, yeah, because like they would hate the boyfriend she was with, and they would right. just be talking yeah. to him the whole time. Oh, yeah. dude, that's actually a really funny concept for a show. Um, <laughs> Room Raiders is pretty good. Uh, um, and then I'm they were all about that one. But I, dude, for me, I think the best one of those had to have been Fifth Wheel because it's like we're gonna put two chicks and two dudes or, or it was either like three chicks and two dudes or two dudes and three chicks and uh it was a like number of people yeah, yeah like somebody is not gonna hook up on this show and it is gonna be so awkward for that person and it was just like man that sounds like a fucking nightmare it's like musical chairs for for uh dates i guess yeah yeah, yeah. so for like I, I i'd always wonder what my strategy would be on a show like that mm-hmm because it's like you figure the ones who pair off immediately it's like all right cool it's like they're they're now safe of getting fucking of getting shit on uh but it's what, like what is like the punishment for not walking away with somebody you're just like oh you loser you're the only one who's a loser and then like, pretty, pretty much. You know, like they don't like they don't like destroy your credit score or anything like they, it's not a big punishment they just go hey uh that sucks you didn't you didn't walk away with somebody and everybody else did. Dude, the so punishment is, the punishment is me at like 3 a.m. being like, damn, you're a nerd. You are <laughs> a fucking nerd. <laughs> that's pretty much it. Yeah. This is, I, that's, which is a fate to me worse than death. Right. It's it's time to just it's time to just go home and get those jars and fill them up and send them to the Patreons. <laughs> oh. Dude, I'd be, I, uh, that would be that would be such a funny way to make money if I had like four people sign up for that and it's like oh, I gotta go crank out I gotta go I gotta go bust four loads tonight like this is what? gonna suck Harrington how how would you be able how would someone be able to prove you could just like squirt a thing of shampoo in there and be like up oh, there's shampoo in there like dude, no they know they know they they'd have to open it up and and like give it like a like a wine sniff like put it in a wine snifter. Oh. And oh, the- that's making my stomach turn just thinking oh. about that. But yes, yes, they would. 100%. <laughs> like a martini glass. Oh, dude, there's no way old cum smells good. It's probably the fucking grossest thing ever. Yeah, dude. I mean, uh, you you got to you got to dispose of that stuff. <sighs> <laughs> oh, it's no good for anybody. <laughs> God, it's gross. It's nothing but trouble. Corey, I hope you I hope you're proud of yourself. I hope you're uh, real proud of yourself for that one. I, I'm I, I'm I'm feeling like I have to be because I might be the only one sometimes. 
<laughs> Somebody's got to be proud of you. <laughs> I, I, I seek validation and I get none of it. So I got to give myself some. For sure. For sure. Um, no, that's, that's fun. That's fun. Uh, but yeah, so, so you were, we started down this whole winding path by you saying the word, so MMA. Yeah. Because I wanted to, I really wanted to talk about your physical activity because like you, you for sure are doing something. So is that a thing you're doing now? Are you, (laughs) so what I've been doing is uh, essentially is just showing up and playing cameraman for Lewis. Uh, so I have, I was supposed to fight uh, Dylan, who's one of the uh, other producers here at Gas Digital. We were supposed to fight at Skankfest last March, right? So mm-hmm. we found out about that like around this time last year, right? So like end of February, we had, you know, a couple weeks to prepare for a March uh, fight card. So uh we yeah like i just started training in earnest uh for this um yeah for this bout that was going to be just a few weeks out and uh i don't know how it would have gone at that time you know but uh but i was certainly putting the putting the work in uh obviously Skankfest got canceled last year uh went into pan into the into the pandemic went to lockdown down at my folks place and i was just like bored pretty much so i put on a little bit more weight and um yeah, I don't know, like maybe four or five weeks into that, I'm like, yeah, screw this and just started running daily. Um, and eventually, like it turned into a thing where it's like, all right, if I'm going to be out here running, I might as well work on those footwork drills that I was given right before the pandemic. And, uh, you know, just slowly but surely, like figuring out like just the the, the boxing side of it. And, um, you know, I, I came back from uh, South Carolina where I was staying with my folks back up to New York at a little over 200 pounds. And I've just been grinding, uh, slowly down since then. So, you know, got myself down recently to about 175. Um, you know, and it's been just, uh, just working with Diego, right? Like, so I show up to film Lewis, um, in his fight camp, he's getting ready to fight, uh, Jason Ellis. So I show up, I film Lewis and during the process of filming with Lewis, I'll train with Diego. Right. And we'll do mostly boxing training for me, but a little bit of BJJ, a little bit of wrestling stuff when Lewis just needs a a wrestling sparring partner. Um, And that's essentially just become one of my many jobs, right? Like becoming Lewis's uh, sparring partner, um, somebody who like pushes him in the gym and uh, obviously films and and gets all the content for uh, the Fight Journal show. So um yeah just been doing that and uh through that i ended up picking up a, a fight with john matthews who is uh one of the producers for rude jude show uh over at sirius xm uh and so when we got flown out there uh lewis and i to do like you know, we i ended up doing jason ellis's show uh lewis ended up you know uh, just promoting his fight with ellis and then he cornered me for the for the fight uh which i won and you know it's it's just kind of the most fun thing ever, you know? What I what I I'm identifying to, like honestly, I'm not a fan of MMA, really, like mostly. I'm not a fan of watching it, but I could see myself absolutely being like getting trained in BJJ. Like that feels like the discipline involved with that and the humbling that comes along with it, uh it feels right up my alley. Well, I mean, look, if you if you train boxing right like if you actually try to like train it figure it out the 
uh, how to put together a combination, how to shift your weight properly, how your footwork should be, uh, where to use head movement, when to level change. Like there's so much that goes into boxing that I didn't understand when I embarked on this, uh, where, you know, like it's, it's, it's all those things you were just saying, right? Like it certainly is humbling. It certainly is, um, you know, another, it's another level of, you know, physical exertion and physical activity, uh, that will, it'll test you, you know, mentally, physically, spiritually. Uh, so, you know, like I, I felt that way strictly about BJJ coming into this, but I really do feel whatever martial art you're learning, if you are taking it as serious as a heart attack, you know, you will be, you will be humbled. You will be broken down and you will grow back stronger because of it. And, and you will, you will get more vinegar for those flies that you want to catch. Something like that. Um, you know, I certainly like what I've noticed the, the, the biggest thing with training, um, you know, just any kind of a martial art, right? Like Diego talks about all the time. He's like, the reason why he likes BJJ so much more than boxing is because BJJ gives you a choice, right? So if you, if you were to see somebody attacking a woman on the subway, right? If you're strictly a boxer, all you can do is punch that guy, right? Like all you have to do, all you're only, uh, um, your only means of deterrence is offense, right? Versus BJJ, you have the choice, right? You can neutralize a guy. You can take him down. You can pin his arms. You can, you know, just stop him from hurting someone else. You also have the choice to turn it up and and look for chokeholds, look for, you know, uh, uh, limb locks and a thing where you can, like, uh, 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 disarm somebody using an arm bar or a choke or whatever the case may be. It just gives you more options uh, as far as, like, walking around in your daily life. But regardless, if you are training a martial art, right, if you know how to defend yourself using, like, a particular set of skills, you're just going to feel more confident being out in the world. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's so. a there's a certain amount of like, you you believe in yourself more because you know what you can handle physically, uh, and other people can feel that from you. Other people can feel that you you you're confident. Well, like there, I don't know. Like there is just a certain side of it where it's like, all right, outside of society. Right outside of this thing that we've created to give us reason and purpose and value to our lives, right? None of this, it's just, it's all competition for resources, right? So it's mm -hmm. like essentially the the natural order of things is that the biggest, strongest, most physically uh, overbearing can you know, just take whatever they want. Like that's how competition for resources works. We've created a society where you know, that's not um, that the the biggest like the biggest dog in the yard is, you know, the police, you know. So it's like if you go and do that, if you try to impose your physical will on someone, then, you know, there are checks and balances for that. So, you know, that's not really the case. But, you know, in a one V one scenario, if you boil it down, we're just evolved apes, you know. So it's like there is something about like having that skill set in your back pocket that's like, Oh, okay. Like if society was to break down tomorrow and we were to just turn into lawless anarchy, like I would be way better equipped than most of my friends. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's pretty great. Well, like I, I feel that way about, I have a, I have a friend Sage and uh, I feel like he's in, in the boat where like he knows, he like he knows how to grow food, kill animals, build a house, that kind of stuff. Like, so 
Apocalypse, I'm gathering my team. Mike Harrington, Sage, myself. I'll I'll just be the uh I'll be the comic relief. I'll be the I'll be the punching bag, the the pun machine. That works. Uh fucking Robbie, uh Robbie Bernstein has a great joke about that. Uh he's like, you know, the pandemic has taught me, you know, eventually we're all either gonna become farmers or we're gonna fuck farmers. And those are the only people who are gonna live. You know, well, Bill Burr had a bit about he was like, um, he's like, uh, if you it's the zombie apocalypse, if you don't know how to fight, you're just essentially uh, gathering up things for the toughest guy in town to turn you upside down and shake the coins out of your pockets. Yeah, I mean, I, I yes and no. Right. Because it's like, look, that guy still doesn't know how to make food. So he has to respect the farmer, you know? I just thought, do you watch Rick and Morty? Yes. Is that Purge Planet episode? When he's yes. like, well, that's not a real job. Oh, and making food is? <laughs> I'll do that for more food. They, they tried to reestablish a government so that they wouldn't have purge, but then they just wound up purging anyway. <laughs> That was fun. I dude, I fucking uh, Rick and Morty is so goddamn good. Like yeah. I would I is most of the content that I that I watch that I consume on a daily basis, I would much rather just be like there's I don't know. I just wish there was a constant lo-fi channel on like YouTube of just like my friends watching Rick and Morty. You know what I mean? Like I would tune into that over most of the stuff that I spend uh, my day watching. I I've talked about it on the show a lot, but I have um I have the adult swim app on my TV and they have like a marathon mode where you can just put on Rick and Morty and it'll just play all of Rick and Morty the whole way through. And it's just a constant 24 seven loop of Rick and Morty. And I'll just put that on and I'll go to bed. Oh yeah. I mean, I feel like that's, that's what, that's what the adult swim app was made for. Uh, Mm -hmm. I just got into, uh, I just started like playing around on the HBO max app. Uh, Mm -hmm. I've been, I've been trying to watch that new Denzel movie, man. It is boring i fell asleep it's bad dude it's bad it sucks it's so like the the acting's good the cinematography's good but the story is gush darn awful i don't know dude rami malik playing anything other than a creep doesn't really work for me you know like him playing a hardened detective is or a (laughs) hot shot whiz kid detective is fucking lame to me and i don't understand like in the, the like she goes he goes oh I, I gotta go pick up this thing at evidence i gotta drop something off at evidence because i work here that's all the way over here but then i have to go all the way there to get that and he'll i'm there now and i've dropped off the thing but they're not letting me leave and then he never goes back to where he's once like how long I, is this trip? I've, I've, i haven't even gotten that far I've literally just gotten to like he spent his first night in uh in LA. Yeah. Um and I think he gets he goes out on a call. Yeah, like yeah, and why would he go on a call if he's there to drop something off? Like wh- I don't understand like when they and then they like called him like Wonder Kid and then like the the move <laughs> it's bad. <laughs> it's not great. Uh but Thanks to me uh, falling asleep to that multiple times in uh, in a genuine attempt to actually, I did watch the fucking the Black Panther movie. That movie fucking rules, dude. 
Uh-huh. Yeah, I saw that oh, one. Yeah. Wait, what? Black Panther? No, 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 no. Judas and the and the Black Messiah. Oh, 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 okay. No, I haven't seen that yet. Dude, that movie is so tight. It is so fun. I've just been walking around for the last couple of days going, uh, here for the people. I am a revolutionary. I, I am a revolutionary. <laughs> like, I, didn't, I didn't know it was out yet, but I'm going to check it out tonight. Dude, he's a 21-year-old fucking black kid who somehow got uh, all the Puerto Ricans, all the black guys, and the redneck white guys on the same team to be like, fuck the police in like 1968. Fred Hampton was kind of the fucking man, and the FBI was like, yo, this dude is too powerful. Like, we let Dr. King get too far before we killed him. We got to nip this in the bud. So <laughs> That's pretty great. I mean... I'm gonna. I'm gonna for sure check it out. Did you see H? <laughs> did you watch the Wonder Woman '84? Oh, dude, it was so bad. It was the worst. It was. I was, dude. I was so excited for that, uh, and I was so down on Soul because, uh, mm-hmm. like, those were both the movies that like the competing streaming services were releasing yeah, Christmas like on Christmas Day. Yeah, uh, I, was, I was so wrong, dude. Soul was so good. Wonder Woman right. that four was so bad, <laughs> and it's like I legitimately watched. Uh, I watched the first Wonder Woman, and like I cried in the theater like multiple times during that movie. You know, like there was just something about when Gal Gadot goes out into no man's land when she's like, they're like, you can't go into no man's land, and she's like, I am no man, and then like, like, like puts her shield down and just starts eating Gatling gunfire, and is like. Oh, dude, there was just something about that where I was like, there is some little girl somewhere who now has a hero that she can look up to the same way I looked up to fucking Batman and like all those dudes growing up. And it's like, I don't know, there was just something really cool about that to me. And then Mm -hmm. watching 1984, it's like, oh, this is just the worst version of that. Like, I liked the first one up until like the reveal of who the bad guy was. Oh yeah, I mean it it's it has the same problem that every DC uh third act has, but you know, the majority of it was pretty cool. Uh, yeah. Uh but <laughs> Wonder Woman 1984 was bad from the start. Like mm. what what are what are they accomplishing with this like Olympic Games flashback that means nothing? And then and then like She's narrating that and then doesn't narrate the rest of the movie. She's just narrating a flashback. Whose flashback is that? And what's the reason for it? Yeah, I don't. I I mean, it wasn't it didn't tie into the reveal at the end at all. Uh, None of those warriors came back later. Uh, You know, like there was just so much that uh, because or maybe it was that there you can't take a shortcut. Like maybe right. that was like the lesson that she learned from it, but it's like right. I don't I don't think that really applies. That seems a little the, more unfair from the lady who stopped her. Like Yeah. <laughs> like let her cheat and then like have her pay a consequence for cheating. Let like instead of not letting her cheat and like costing her that glory or whatever. Yeah. I don't know, man. It was uh, it was rough. It was real rough. I didn't. I, I don't know why Kristen Wiig was in it. It was like, you know, what are we doing here? I don't. Yeah, I didn't understand why she was like. I didn't understand why she was like. Oh, I want to be. I want to be better than Wonder Woman. And then being better than Wonder Woman somehow turns you into like a cat person. Like I didn't get that. 
Uh, well, yeah, no. So it's like, I, I think that the, the, I don't know, the concept there was like, I'm going to, I mean, Chitara is, is one of, you know, Wonder Woman's greatest nemesis. So it's like, all right, to imbue you with enough like strength and speed and dexterity to have a chance against, you know, what is essentially the ideal trans woman. Um, we're going to need to imbue you with the powers of a cat, like a, a, a jungle cat of some kind. She was a real thundercat. Something like that. Yeah. Some, like Shira. Mm-hmm. I, I, I just, it felt like, and it, it felt like she didn't change physically much when she was like, she was like, oh, I'm an awkward lady with glasses. And I tripped over high heels. And now I can walk in high heels because I now have the powers of Wonder Woman for some reason. She's just like, I'm kind of hot now. Like, it, it was, it was, it reminded me of, um, like a she's all that kind of thing. Like, yeah, that, yeah. That, that tired trope from fucking Not Another Teen Movie. It's like, she's got the paint covered overalls and the glasses. Don't forget the ponytail. It's like, ew. <laughs> ew. Nobody likes a ponytail. Gross. Dude, that movie is, that movie has legs. You know what I mean? Like of 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 all the of all those like spoof movies that we really didn't need. Like scary movie doesn't hold up at all. But not another teen movie is still. And I think a lot of that just is that Chris Evans is such a damn good actor. But I gotta watch um, it, and I haven't seen it since like when it first came out. Dude, it's like the cast is great in it. Um, and it's like all of the all of the 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 jokes that they're making are just so. Like they still register, they're still very, very funny. Um, Molly Ringwald at the end, just popping up out of nowhere, was fucking tight. Like that movie, I mean, Chris Evans, like Captain America, Chris Evans. Mm-hmm. Have, yeah. Have, yeah. Have you been watching um, Wandavision? Dude, that is my shit. I love Wandavision. Yeah, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm really into it. I didn't, I didn't know. Like, I, I'd fallen out of like the Marvel universe stuff mostly but like i catch dribs and drabs here and there but like i've kind of in the pandemic went back and watched a bunch of things and just kind of got familiarized with everything so when this show came out i was like prepared for it and even hello? Even, even since rewatched civil war hello can you hear me hello all right, folks. Hey, stop being able to hear me. So I just want to say, if this is your first time checking out Evolving with Corey Castle, please go back and Hello? check. Hello? Can you hear me? Hello? Check out the other 100 and, or 226 other episodes the newest one up on my YouTube page is uh, Jordan Brady, director Jordan Brady, which the episode scheduled oh, scheduled to come out in May on Monday. Where's the... All right, folks. Well, this episode... Got cut short a little bit right now. I'm just going to let you guys know. I really appreciate all the effort of your time and your patience. Oh, hang on. 
Hello. Can you can you still hear me? Now I can't hear you. Well, poop. Oh, poop. Anyway, folks, uh, <laughs> that was episode 227 of Evolving with Corey Castle. Hanging out with Mike Harrington. Thanks so much for Harrington joining me. Uh, that You can follow, follow him on Twitter at, at the M Harrington, uh, producer of Gas Digital. And uh, my friend, my old friend, was just doing a like a a chill hangout and i hope that you enjoyed it and i hope that we can do another one soon and i hope that you can subscribe on youtube youtube.com slash cory castle all one word c-o-r-y-k-a-s-t-l-e and if you're watching this on youtube and want to subscribe to the audio versions of the podcast you can check it out on spotify and follow it Check it out on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spreaker. Be fun. Have safe. Keep evolving.